Welcome to an audio stream from San Marino Community Church, featuring our own pastoral staff and various guest speakers. Let's pray. Oh Lord, our God, we are deeply humbled by the strength that you provide in our life. And as we realize how interconnected and interwoven we are with you, we realize that all so for the community. So as a scripture that might be familiar, might not be familiar, breathes into our lives today. Let it fall on listening ears and a deep soul needing for a quenched thirst. In your name we pray, amen. I remember the first time that I listened to this particular verse. It was a deep moment, we'll call it. I was leading a college ministry at the time, and I myself was a college student. And of course, as a college student, I was also working part-time and trying to engage in social activities to get to know my new community. And there was a moment when I felt physically, emotionally, spiritually exhausted. And there were those times when I felt burnt out, And there was a time when I felt burnt out right before I was supposed to speak at this said college group. We had built this ministry to college students literally brick by brick, person by person. We walked by the nearest campuses and we prayed amongst the buildings and the students and the spaces where they dwelt. And I got into college ministry because my home church where I was, you know, people graduated and there just weren't that many students around. And so myself and my other college student that stayed nearby because I went to Cal State Long Beach were around and we met together. But we needed a little bit more of a robust group. And so we went around this campus and we both together happened to be eating lunch and we were encountered by a gentleman who... Uh, seemed really nice and struck up a conversation with us. And he said, why don't you join us for this little gathering that we have on Thursday night? We said, sure, why not? And by little gathering, that's exactly what it meant. It was the two of us and the, um, a guy who had been uh, uh, you know, recruited for the volleyball team and this other girl that I think I had seen in one of my classes already, but you know, it's a large campus, so you're not ever really sure. So it was the four of us, small group. But that's where it started, not where it ended. So four years later, we were at the point where we could rent a room for the 100 college students that were gathering. I was so delighted to be a part of this ministry and leading in it. And meeting on Thursday nights was no longer something that was quiet and something that was just the four of us and Jesus, but it was the hundred of us. But you know what? Growing up in a church atmosphere, regularly making time for God in my routine, learning scripture, listening to inspirational hymns and music, talking with God, making notes in my study Bible, being a disciple and discipling others, that was the norm. That's what I thought everybody did and what you were supposed to do. But my time, it was packed with work and school activities and school and leading this group, of course. And then one night, I was supposed to lead, and it was about 5.30, and the group was meeting at 7. And I felt dry. I didn't know what to say. 
Now, I don't know if you've ever spoken in front of a large group of people before, but the responsibility hits you sometimes. It's terrifying enough to get in front of a group of people and talk about something that's close and near and dear to your heart, but it's terrifying even more the feeling to not have something to say. So it's 5.30, and I don't have anything down on my Microsoft Word document where that blinking light just keeps on going blink, 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 taunting me almost, blink, blink. So I turn to God, and I'm praying, pleading, what am I going to say to these college students tonight? And I reflected, I had a lot going on. I had energy going in so many different directions, and my battery was getting lower and lower and lower. So I just turned to my Bible. Now, I don't actually recommend doing this because the chances of you ending up in Zephaniah with some weird verse that you just don't understand are so high. But at this point, I happened to turn to John 15. The pages were weighted that way. You know, there's something there. I read it once. I read it twice. I read it three times. And more and more, it spoke to me. And I realized that the words that in John chapter 15 were some of the last words that Jesus spoke to his disciples before the pattern of the Easter week came upon them. And so they must be important words. And as Anissa was reading, the only way you can produce fruit is when you are connected to, intertwined with, growing out from, and gaining nourishment from Jesus. In biblical times, everywhere in Israel were these majestic vineyards, more robust ones than the ones you've even seen in Napa, where the core base is tethered to a stake, and it's massive, and it's strong, it's sturdy, and it's tall. And the branches that reach out from it are also strong and sturdy, sturdy enough to hold heavy bunches of grapes. And tending to these vineyards was a careful task. And it was a task given to not just anyone. Careful attention to these branches that are sprouting from the vine, that are strongly connected to the vine. You could tell the strength from the vine from that. And they produced fruit or not. And they were pruned just right to carry on the strength of the branch. And of course, if fruit is present, you know that it's a good vine. So Jesus' tendency to use things that were common and well-known is something that happened. And maybe vineyards aren't something that you see often, but you get the illustration. God is the vineyard keeper, the creator, the sustainer of all things. And Jesus is the vine, strong and robust. The disciples are its branches, which, if they remain in Jesus, will bear much fruit. And the disciples are not just the 12 that follow Jesus around or the few that follow Jesus after that, but us here. And so this is a calling for us. We are to remain strong and true towards the true vine. The importance of the connectedness with Jesus is the crux of what Jesus is trying to get across in this scripture passage. The vine branches illustration is a way of speaking about this intimate relationship with Christ that we are to not only cultivate, but also enjoy. 
Verse 1 talks about how he is the true vine. Jesus is saying this because there were many ideologies that were around at the time, and people were trying to attach themselves as a branch to different vines. And Jesus is saying, no, I am the true vine. And rightly so. In verse 4, if you're connected to the vine, naturally, of course, you'll bear fruit because you have nourishment and strength. In verse 5, apart from me, you can do nothing. You literally are a dead branch laying on the side of the road to be collected. In verse 7, it's this idea that God is not some sort of a vending machine God. But if a person is abiding in Christ, if a person is connected to the vine, then your thought processes, your prayer, what's on your heart is the same as what God's is. It's an amazing thing. So branches that decide to go at it alone, it's a mistake. They, of course, wither and they die. They don't bear fruit. And how wonderful it is to live a life that is bearing much fruit. But even more so than this wonderful illustration, and I can say this all day long, but the question and the crux of it is really, how do you remain in Christ? What does that look like in practice? And how do we remain connected to Jesus? Well, I give you this illustration. There's a hose, if you can think about it. Maybe you have one in your garden. A hose and then maybe a water bottle. What are some of the similarities and differences between a hose and a water bottle? They both hold water. But one of the main differences is the hose is connected to something. And then the water bottle you can carry around with you. But once it becomes empty, you have to refill it from a hose or a faucet. And so this idea that we come to church weekly and we fill up our water bottles and we carry those water bottles with us throughout the rest of the week. And we drink from it when we need it and we drink from it. But at some point it becomes depleted and we need to go back to the source and refill it. Going to church is one of them. There's a multitude of other spiritual disciplines, like going to a small group, checking in with a friend, spending time in prayer, listening to music. There's so many different things that we can do to help keep on refilling that water bottle so that we can continue on. I love that illustration, not only because I drink an absurd amount of water, but it's also so life-giving what water is, that if you literally did not drink water you would be like one of those branches that was cut off and wither and die. So the illustration bleeds through so very vividly. Keep that water bottle full. And where you're doing that, keep doing it. And if you need to find a new place to be doing that, come talk to us. The other part of it is that we need to be doing it in community. And we need to be accountable to one another and say, hey, your water bottle looks a little bit empty. Let me see if I can help you fill that up or direct you to that. And this idea that we have our graduates that are leaving, and they're going to have a pretty full water bottle by the time they leave. But at some point, they can't just be like camels. (laughs) They've got to come back to the watering hole. They've got to come back and refill it. But it's not just their job to refill it. It's also our job to connect with them and make sure that they're refilling it. Why would we put that on our young people? So we want to make a promise to you all, and we do this to all the graduate students, that you're not solely responsible for filling up your own water bottle. 
but it's our responsibility too. It's kind of like the waters of baptism they have to keep on filling up, right? And it's our responsibility also to keep our water bottles full, to remain connected to the vine, and to keep that. Those are the words that we have for today from our scripture. Would you pray with me? Thank you, our Lord and our God, for these gifts that you have given us, that they are nourishing, quenching. And we ask that as we go out through this week, that we are full to the top. In your name we pray, amen.